Hello, I'm Liz Ware. And I'm Rielle Bell, and you're listening to That's Brilliant, the podcast by the American Lighting Association. I feel like we say this a lot, but this is a really special episode for us. <laughs> I think the secret's out. Liz and I just love this, and every episode is special. <laughs> well, this one is a little different. It is. This is a very exciting episode. We are interviewing ALA's newest president and CEO, Larry Locke. So you've probably heard last year, Eric Jacobson, our previous current, depending on when you're listening to this, CEO um, has is retiring to join the family business. So he is going off to other things and... Larry, who has been the executive vice president at ALA for I don't know how long, a long time, <laughs> is taking over the position, and we're we couldn't be more thrilled. Yes, formally, more formally, Larry has been with ALA for more than twenty-seven years, I believe, coming up on twenty-eight. Years, oh my gosh, so almost three decades. <laughs> yes, he has worked closely with leadership with our previous previous president and CEO Dick right. Hutton, and then with Eric Jacobson in senior management for the association. He's helped lead its growth from when he started, there were fewer than 400 ALA members. Now we have more than 1,300 corporate members, and Larry has been instrumental in leading that growth for the association. Well, and Larry has this background in marketing, which he brought to the organization. And over the years, that piece of what ALA does has just gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. So that's all Larry. Yes, he... Prior to working with ALA, he actually managed affiliate public relations for HBO. Right. And he brought that expertise, that marketing communications and public relations expertise to ALA and helped create our entire consumer marketing program. He built our partnership with Better Homes and Gardens. He's done some really incredible things from the perspective of bringing the importance of proper lighting and quality lighting products Mm -hmm. to the consumers. He's done, I think, more than than any of us could really say, and it's kind of immeasurable, really. <laughs> so we're going to talk with Larry about his plans for the association and some of the things that he's seeing changing in the industry and how ALA is going to move forward and support that under his leadership. But before we do, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Hinkley and Kitchler Lighting. Welcome, Larry. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Rael. Thanks, Liz. Hi, Larry. So this is an especially fun episode for us because obviously we all know each other very well and have known each other for many years. So we'll try to keep it on topic and get everything across that we need to. Perfect. Sounds perfect. I'm excited. So Larry, you have worked with ALA for close to three decades. I know that that's a really long time. And over that period, there have been different initiatives, goals, had slogans. I think I recall Forward ALA with a really cool kind of 70s throwback style image there. But now that you are running ALA and in this position, is there a word or a theme that you feel kind of drives where you would like ALA to go? Uh, Yeah, there's not just one thing, but things I've seen over the years that we can uh, build upon as, first of all, as more membership engagement better understand what our members want and need from us, ALA, and what we can deliver. And that's not just sending out an email every once in a while and wondering if the same people who respond will respond. I want to see continuous improvement 
internally continuous improvement, how ALA is helping our members, whether it's manufacturer's representative, a showroom, or, or manufacturer. We really need to do a better job communicating with our members. And that gets into retention. Understand when our members, what they're expecting from us, keep the uh, members we work very closely with, keep them close, and then bring in new members to become more involved in the organization and get down on the floor with them and understand their challenges coming into this year. What do you think is the best way for a member to get involved? I think sometimes people join and they might not really know where to start. People like to get involved in things they feel comfortable working with. For example, everyone, if your background is in finance, you might want to be on the budgeting side. If your background is in marketing or education, and so that part, they may not know that or think about that, but as we reach out to the members, we need to tell them there are committees that they can become involved in and provide us the feedback that we need to develop the programs to build a stronger organization. So for the ALA member companies who maybe aren't going to be on a committee, they want to be involved in ALA, but they don't want to be coming to all the Lightovation committee meetings and all that sort of thing, how can they connect a little better with ALA? And how can, how can we strengthen that connection for the folks who are just trying to run their business? Well, I won't get into any of the details yet, but we're going to announce a new initiative on the education front. We're talked with Rael and, and, and Nikki, who heads up our education, to get the uh, member showrooms that maybe are not as involved or, or are not involved with ALA at all. And so we've got some exciting things in that area, and they don't have to be on a committee to participate in our education program. The challenge we have in our database is that we only have, say, a handful of company contacts, and it may not be the right contacts that we need to really work on to get those members more engaged in organization. That's another thing we want to do as far as developing our database, identify the members who are responsible in, say, a manufacturer. We're reaching out with a precise message that appeals to them, and they can take, say, some of the tools that we create for that member and run with it without even being on a committee. Becoming a little more granular in our communication message to be more precise. So if there are engineers at a company who might be interested in the engineering messages and if there are marketing people who might be interested in the marketing messages, they should let us know who those people are so we can kind of tailor the messages to those folks. Exactly. I mean, you just open up your own email box every day and you see the messages that you get from, say, whether it's a, a retail store or a hobby or an organization you volunteer in. They're very precise and you usually open those. So if you're someone in engineering, you're going to be interested in what Terry and the technical committee and the engineering committee has to say and not as interested in the other things. So that's where we have to do a better job deciphering our database instead of just dropping in a name, really pay attention to what that individual does. So let's get into a little bit of the specifics of some of the programs and, and things we're focusing on as we move forward in ALA. What are some of the biggest opportunities for growth that you see in our industry that ALA is going to be focusing on and helping our members with, whether that be education or training or 
networking opportunities? Well, I think from growth from ALA standpoint, there's still a lot of, say, retail members that we have not reached out to get them to join. And we've got initiatives we're working closely with uh, Living, as well as having conversations with Lighting One. And so there's some companies we need to reach out to and ask them how come they have not joined and what do we need to do? What programs are they looking for to get of ALA? A lot you get into your regular job and you, you're not thinking about your association you're a member of. So that's where we need to interject some of the tools and resources that we have to make that company more of a vital going concern within their marketplace, whether it's how do they come up with more marketing ideas, marketing tools, using the lighting magazine, using social media, all of these various elements, and then training their employees we need to do a better job helping them train their employees at the retail level so when someone walks into the store, you automatically know that that is a professional that understands the lighting industry and can help decorate their home. Exactly. So getting into marketing, that's where a lot of your background is. Obviously, prior to joining ALA, you, you were very involved in public relations and marketing, so this is a strong area of expertise for you. You're responsible for helping start ALA's consumer marketing program, getting that off the ground, building our partnership with Better Homes and Gardens to create Lighting Magazine. Why is that such an important part of ALA and how can that help members? Well, when I started ALA in the uh, mid-90s, the industry had gotten together and said we needed to launch a national or U.S. and Canadian advertising marketing campaign. So that was my main task. And the members got together. What this industry does a great job, when they see a cause, everyone bands together. And that's something that a lot of organizations don't have the luxury to be able to pull those resources. So when we launched that national campaign, one thing that I noticed right off the start, we don't have the muscle to really push other larger industries aside and garner a lot of the media coverage. So we had to develop partnerships. I'm a big believer in developing strategic alliances, partnerships, and one of those is go after the largest publisher in the United States, uh, Meredith Publishing, now Dot Dash Meredith, uh, and say, how can we develop a relationship? And over the years, we did that, as well as at the 17th year, we launched a national consumer magazine focusing just on ALA members, lighting, that's on a newsstand in every showroom, and that put us on the map. And then from that, we're able to develop a national Google campaign in Canada and the U.S. to drive traffic into our website to find their local showroom. When we did consumer research several years ago, many of the consumers could not even find their local showroom. So they had to rely on other resources. Well, we want to make it easy when we redid our website for them to go into the locator service, find that showroom, find helpful videos, and really make that shopping experience very pleasing. So when they go into that showroom, they have questions. Most consumers now, when they walk into, whether they're buying a car or buying a lamp, they're going to have several questions and they're well-versed right before they come in to that store. So you have to be extremely knowledgeable, understand the issues 
or the questions that they're going to have could be about a smart home. I want to have a smart home. What does that mean? So you have to know how to take that and transition that into a sale and close a sale and have a satisfied customer. So there's a lot for the showroom's sales staff to keep track of. So that's where our education kind of comes into play to help people keep up with new technologies, with how to simplify it for the consumer, how to sell it, how to answer questions about it. Yeah, exactly. You're right, Liz. When someone walks into a showroom and is interested in making a purchase, what has brought them there? How do they find you? What are they in the process of doing? Are they just remodeling or building a house or whatever? So you need to understand that customer. We try to, before they walk in there, we try to add some information where how to light up your kitchen, how to light up your bath, how to light up your living room, and provide the manufacturer's new products on our website so we can sell the sizzle so to speak and then when they go into the showroom they're excited about renovating their home or buying some uh, lighting transitioning to a smart home and so that salesperson on the floor needs to be take it to another level and really understand that customer you know a lot of retailers I don't care what widget they're selling or going out of business now. They're struggling. But there's one uh, case study that has been copied as a retailer that everyone thought was going to go under, but has rebounded in a major way. That's Best Buy. And Best Buy's new CEO simply got on the floor and began talking to the employees and said, what do we need to do to help you make a sale? And that was more education. They were the experts on technology, and so the uh, showroom needs to help the salesperson on the floor better understand the customer and provide them the elements to close that sale. So it, it's a long process. Uh, we're going to help do that by education on this initiative we're going to announce here in a couple of weeks, and then we can uh, add on to that as we continue down the road. Absolutely. We're also talking about creating more content at ALA to help educate the consumer directly. So besides having opportunities for the staff in the lighting showrooms to get educated, we're also providing more content and providing it through several different channels. Little short videos that help tell consumers what to look for, um, what the trends are, what's the difference you know, between a high CRI and a low CRI light bulb, this sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Think of uh, a showroom could think of us as maybe their ad agency as well. So we're going to create stories they can place on their blog. As you mentioned, the short videos they can put on their social media and run with little tips about how to light up your home, how to light up different rooms, how to romanticize your home with dimming controls throughout, landscape lighting, kitchen lighting, the importance of layering of lighting throughout the house all of these things that we can just push that out to the showroom and they can put it on their website. They can put it on, use it in their social media. You have to generate excitement for that consumer. And then you have to sell yourself as being the expert in your marketplace. And these elements that we are creating will do that. And then when they walk into the store, you're simply closing the sale and helping them through a consultative selling process to beautify their home. 
Well, and like you say, the people in the showroom are, are they have a day-to-day -day that they need to get done. So stopping and creating a bunch of video content or stopping and finding the best places to get all the, the classes to keep up. I mean, what ALA really serves as, as kind of a hub for that. You've got content that you can push out to your customers. You've got education to keep up with things that are going on. You've got the magazine that comes out that you can have in your showroom to have a customer, you know, flip through to see what kind of styles appeal to them. And challenges showroom has, so the showroom just doesn't have the homeowner walking in. You also have contractor business. Mm -hmm. Contractors are walking in. Their wants and their needs are going to be totally different than a consumer who walks in with their, say, interior designer, so to speak. Then you have uh, home builders. That's another whole uh, large uh, customer that you got to take care of. So either you have individuals within that showroom that are working on those key accounts and know what those contractors need, what those home builders need, what those interior designers need, and what they're looking for. Interior designers come to us to research and say they are confused on LED lighting and they need help. That's a perfect way for a showroom to step up to the plate and be the expert and work with that interior designer because that interior designer is bringing a customer in to you that you didn't have before. So the interior designer is gonna be different than the retail consumer, than the home builder, than the contractor. So you really need to have a plan for each and how are you gonna address it? And then you have to educate your sales force to discuss what our showroom has as far as the, the better price, the better customer service, the better shipping arrangements, all these things that go into uh, closing the sale for that audience that they're looking for. This reminds me of something Dane Brock, one of our previous guests said on, on his episode, that you don't have to be the expert in everything, but you need to know who to ask. So if you have a showroom where there's someone trained in, in everything, or you have a resource you can reach out to who you know is an expert on that, that solves the problem there. You, yes. you have a network and to the customer in that circumstance, you're still the expert because you connected them with the right person. A very, that's a very good point. And it, again, it goes back to what I mentioned with Best Buy and what, how they differentiated their experts in certain areas in which they did not have before with the Internet of Things, with television, with home entertainment, and uh, their geek squad. I'm a big believer. Look at what other similar businesses have done when they've had challenges and look at how they battled through it, even with larger budgets, and copy that and then apply that to your business and so, yes, if you have someone that knows how to deal with the home builders and knows them, has personal relationships with those home builders, that's going to be huge. Same with the contractors and then understanding the uh, interior designers in, in your marketplace and develop that relationship. And so once that word of mouth starts getting out there, you're a place to go, then, uh, then you, you have a solid business uh, model that you can continue throughout the years. And we at ALA are going to keep pushing that out through all of the marketing campaigns and consumer facing. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a tall task, obviously, but I want to address the members who are really not taking advantage of what we do have to offer and reach out to them and just make them aware. Here's what we have. 
let them try our product, whether it's education, whether it's marketing. If they're interested, if it's a manufacturer, they're, they're interested in the uh, government affairs, technology, you know, we're going to plug them in. Yeah, I, I love the engagement ideas that you are coming forward with here. And I think it's going to create a more open ALA where hopefully our members know that we are here to talk to them and help them however we can. And they can always reach out. That's for sure. We're a phone call away and we need to do a better job reaching out to them first. We'll get back to our conversation in just a minute. But first, a message from our sponsors. This year, Hinkley is celebrating a century of style. That's 100 years in business. Hinkley is proud to be a fourth generation family company with the mission of providing customers with exceptional lighting and ceiling fan products. They understand the passion their customers feel for their homes and are dedicated to helping them realize their vision. Learn more about the company, including some incredible charity work they do at Hinkley.com. Kitchler Lighting is more than just a lighting company. They're a bring people together company focused on strengthening and growing relationships. They're constantly innovating, creating on-trend designs and delivering high quality product. Learn more and find inspiration and ideas at kitchler.com. So you have a lot planned for ALA and there's a lot going on in the industry. Um, is there anything right now that you're just really excited for to be kind of one of your first things to jump off with? Well, the magazine hits in uh, April. That starts a whole new initiative on the marketing. We've got social media campaigns going on now. Wide buy from an ALA showroom. The advantages that ALA showroom uh, brings to you, the consumer. So that is going on. And we have other initiatives from the marketing standpoint we're going to take full advantage of and push out. Education is a whole new topic. Showrooms come back to us and say, you know, we, we need education, we need education. But we have a lot of members, showrooms that are not taking advantage of that education. And we need to make that happen. So when COVID hit, the first thing that I had in mind, maybe everyone's going to be closed in. So let's offer our education for free and let them have a taste of what we can bring to the table. And so we had more takers than that. And uh, that's something we need to look at and develop our education and make it even stronger moving forward. And I think we've got some good ideas. I'll be developing a five-year strategic plan for the organization with the assistance of both you and Liz and the other staff members presenting it to the board in June. That's not something you kick out in one week, but I think it will push all of us to come up with new creative ideas to better serve our members. And now's the time we, that we need to do that. That's something I'm really excited as we go down the road on. Well, even now we have education that's available for free that any member can take advantage of. And that's something that maybe not everyone realizes that there are recorded webinars that we've had over the recent months and years that any member can log on to and, and watch to, like you say, get a taste of our education. That's right. You know, it can be buried in an email that, oh, by the way, we have this. So that's why we have to do a better job in communication and letting them know all of the elements that they can take advantage of as a member. But it really gets back to you have to better understand what that member, whether it's a rep or showroom or manufacturer, really what they're looking for. 
And once you understand what they're looking for, you can develop a program where through our database that we can go out with distinct messages. And that sounds boring, but that's what works. And, mm -hmm. and we just can't just send a blanket email with all of these great things we're doing and get the return because now we know the numbers aren't there for a lot of our members as far as engaging with ALA. Yeah, we're all inundated with messaging all the sure. time and specifying that and then letting people know that the messages they are getting are things they're going to be interested in reading will help engagement, hopefully. Yeah, but isn't it always interesting? We all get hundreds of emails every day, the ones you open, and why do you open those emails? Why do you read those emails? And then the phone calls you get, the spam phone calls, but if it's a phone call from someone you know, you're going to pick it up. And uh, it's not rocket science, but it does take time to cultivate that relationship and understand what those members really want from your organization. Well, and I know, and this is an ongoing project, but I know we're also, you have us working on getting more of this information easily accessible on the website. So the website becomes more of a database of all this sort of things that's easy to find what you're looking for and and easy to find things that you don't even know you're looking for and that we can highlight things. Oh, by the way, did you know? So that can be more useful for members too. Yeah, it's a challenge. And in fact, uh, you know, one of our board members had suggested that we needed to, it was time to redo the member side of the website. Uh, you both did that. And I'm very proud of both of you. What you did, it's very easy to find the things on our website that a member would be interested in, whether, us, whether it's the ALA conference whether it's education, marketing, it's all right there at their fingertips. And we didn't have that before. We knew we needed to do it, but it was just something we needed to really push that down the road a little bit more. It's an ongoing process. And it's an ongoing. I always said, uh, you know, the website is the magazine, the newspaper that never goes to press. It's always being it. <laughs> we know that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So... Let's jump into a little bit of fun conversation here. I thought this was fun. <laughs> it was fun, and hopefully everyone else agrees. <laughs> but you have a lifetime of memories with ALA. Can you think of one of your favorites, or maybe a couple of your favorites? Because that it might be too I hard have to favorites, good and bad. Okay. And usually the bad ones reshaped it, made it good ones. But uh, I, I would say when Dick Upton and Eric Jacobson and I started ALA in the mid-90s, what I was really impressed with how we were welcomed by the industry. The friendships I've developed over the years with the industry is not just one thing I can, I mean, there could be a couple, but, but it's a very close knit industry, which is an advantage for an association if you know how to take advantage of that and use those relationships to the fullest. The late hour Phillips of Quazelle said, you know, we're not large enough to do a lot of the things we want to do, but when we band together, we can really make a difference. And we've done that in so many areas now with the association. I mean, we just help push it out. It's our members that take us across the goal line. So if we don't have our members involved, we can't continue to score points with the consumers, with the engineers, with the government bodies in D.C. or California. So it's our members that we have to rely upon and pat on the back. It was literally my first day on the job. I walk in, I have a message from NBC Dateline, and they said, call their fires, 
being caused by Torshears, what's ALA got to say about it? <laughs> and uh, so that kind of woke us up that uh, we we realized uh, the issues we have to work with the Consumer Product Safety Commission, Underwriters Laboratory, UL, and uh, all the different entities to solve some of the issues that impact this association from a crisis communication standpoint, from a government affairs standpoint. So sometimes we're thrown on the firing line and we have to be able to respond swiftly to that with the right answers to help our end user, in this case, the consumer. Absolutely. There's so many great partnerships that I know that you helped build 25 years ago plus with all of these entities and, and government agencies. And It takes time. It takes time to build relationships, as we all know. And, and then even we build a relationship, those people move on. So you have to continue building that relationship with new people. And uh, sometimes we lose track of that. Now, that's something we have to continue to put at the forefront. Yeah, it's invaluable, really. You know, some of the questions people say, well, what do you do in your spare time? And how do you get away from work? And how does it help you? You know, I, I enjoy fly fishing. I enjoy hunting with my dogs that I've trained. One of them has a champion title, so I've had time to do that. And I come up with some creative ideas while I'm doing that. I mean, whether you're on a trout stream in the Henry's Fork in Idaho or walking across a field on a Saturday afternoon, I might come up with an idea, which is exactly when I came up when COVID hit, (laughs) those who couldn't get it close to anybody. So I'm in the middle of a field with my hunting dogs training them, and I'm thinking, we should offer education for free. That was a Saturday afternoon, and I called everybody. Everyone, Everyone liked it. You have to have those places where you escape. You're not always escaping, but you have to have think time. I can actually vouch for the training of Larry's dog because we were at some energy fair one weekend years ago, and Larry was there with his dog, and another person on the staff was there with his dog, who was related, who's related to Larry's dog, same genetic material. The other dog was a hot mess. The other dog was everywhere and getting into things and completely chaotic. And Larry's dog was very calm and just sat there. Right. And Well, she's also younger, the other dog. I know it. It's not, that's not it. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's not it. <laughs> no, Larry's incredible. And you should, the dogs immediately react differently to Larry. Like my dogs are bad, but my dogs have been around Larry and their immediate reaction is completely different than when they react to other people. (laughs) Dogs, I'll say animals, animals can pick up on certain things that we aren't aware of. And they know when you have a, a nice disposition and you know how to handle them, but it's no different animals like kids. If you don't train them when they're young, (laughs) <laughs> and we all go into restaurants and kids are out of control and you have kids in control. You have to start young and just reinforce that. It's not hard. It's just constant reinforcement. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's not like Larry is, you know, controlling his dog. It's just the, the dog looks to Larry. She, you know, she was checking around. It was kind of a chaotic environment, but she was perfectly calm because she would look over at Larry and see that Larry was good. And so she knew she was good. That's all it was. <laughs> Ever seen the uh, National Geographic special on wolves in Yellowstone? But every pack has an alpha, and you have to make sure you're the alpha. Once you're you're the alpha with your dogs, they will look to you first 
And uh, of course, my dogs are right here at my feet as we speak. And I've got two of my children's dogs are here while they're out and away. And so uh, Camp Lock is in full. <laughs> no, no grandkids today over there? Oh, no, we, we took the grandkids back yesterday. So. <laughs> Well, I don't want to. I don't want to liken ALA to uh, a pack of wolves or dogs, but I, I think it's great for you to bring that sort of leadership to our staff. We might need it a little bit. <laughs> yes, you do. But uh, no, I, I like hearing everyone's opinions on everything, and, and uh, that's what makes the staff uh, so cohesive because we have a long-standing relationship with each other. We know everything about their families. And that's what makes it fun. And we can bounce off ideas, whether we like them or not. And we all know these members. And so that's what makes uh, working at ALA fun. I think that Eric, our outgoing president and CEO, obviously has known you for many years, said it best. And just there is not a more genuine and kind person out there who really you genuinely approach everything. And your whole family does this. And that's why we're all so fortunate to know you. But you genuinely approach everything with compassion and kindness and a want to help. And that's just one of our favorite things about you. Over here. Well, and I appreciate that. that's nice. And and I, I tell you what, in life, if you can't do those things, you're, you miss a lot of what brings, makes life magical and fulfilling. So we enjoy, my wife and I actually will be celebrating 42 years tomorrow. Congratulations. Um, uh, we enjoy seeing everyone experiencing life and happy in life. So that's what makes it fun. Absolutely. And I'm so glad you're bringing that leadership to ALA and we can't wait to see where this goes. Well, well, I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited about it. So before we close up, is there anything we didn't ask you? Is there any kind of closing thing that you want to be sure you say before we wrap up? Yeah, I, I would just like to say uh, any of the members or prospective members that listen to the podcast, please shoot me an email or pick up the phone and call me or anyone in ALA for ideas. Now's a good time to bring new ideas or ways that we can make something better that we have in existence now. Then that's something that we're going to be focused on. Continuous improvement is a huge uh, term now, continue to use, because if we don't focus on making our programs better, then they will be stale. And so I encourage the members to uh, pick up the phone or shoot an email if it's easier, or even a text message or whatever, and, and let us know what we're missing. Or if we're doing something right, maybe we can do a better job and as we push other programs out the door. Absolutely. I think... You know, I, I say it, you say it, we all say that we're all in customer service facing roles here for our members. And if they need something, that is why we are here. So That's exactly don't hesitate. My, my dad said, uh, everyone's in sales and <laughs> never forget that. And uh, sometimes people do, but we've always got to sit out there and keep our customers satisfied. Thank you so much for your time, Larry. We've really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you. All right. Appreciate it. So... A little behind the scenes, Larry has been around the office with this kind of hot energy of all these new projects and all this, how we're going to communicate, communicate, communicate. 
And it's kind of fired everybody up a little bit. But yeah, we've got a lot of new projects, but also a lot of just kind of tweaking old projects and helping people understand how they can use them to, to help their businesses. Yeah, I think this opportunity of the new search process for the president and CEO led to a lot of really incredible member feedback. We had obviously in a committee that was designated to interview people for the president and CEO position, kind of a little behind the scenes. We had, I believe they had 28 resumes come in for this role and they interviewed all the qualified candidates. There were multiple rounds of interviews. And during that process, they also communicated very closely with a lot of our members to try to better understand what they need from ALA, what we could do better and how a new president and CEO could help make that happen. And so Larry's taking that feedback and he's running with it. And I'm so excited to see where that's going to go. And there's still time to provide that feedback. Larry said to call him or email. His email address is Larry at alalighting.com. Send your comments, suggestions, everything. Larry's wide open to suggestions on how to how what you need. Yes, you can email any of us. All of our emails follow that format of our first name at alalighting.com. It's more than welcome to email any of us with your ideas, and we will make sure that they get to Larry and that they're part of this five-year planning process that we are going to jump into this month. So please let us know what we can do. That's it. Thanks again to our sponsors, Hinkley and Kitchler Lighting, and we will see you next time. Stay brilliant. Stay brilliant.